Good afternoon, PMC, and happy Sabbath. With such beautiful music, which has set the pace for the message for today, we'll just head straight into the message. How about that? I invite you to turn your Bibles with me to Mark chapter 4, Mark chapter 4, rather Mark chapter 5. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. Mark chapter 5, verses 25 through 34. The Bible reads, Now a certain woman had a flow of blood for 12 years and had suffered many things from many physicians. She had spent all that she had and was no better, but rather grew worse. When she heard about Jesus, she came behind him in the crowd and touched his garment. For she said, if only I may touch his clothes, I shall be made well. Verse 29. Immediately the fountain of her blood was dried up, and she felt in her body that she was healed of the affliction. And Jesus immediately, knowing in himself that power had gone out of him, turned around in the crowd and said, Who touched my clothes? But his disciples said to him, You see the multitude thronging you, and you say, Who touched me? And he looked around to see her who had done this thing. But the woman, fearing and trembling, knowing what had happened to her, came and fell down before him and told him the whole truth. And he said to her, Daughter, your faith has made you well. Go in peace and be healed of your affliction. The topic of the message, what is your issue? You will agree with me that issues are inevitable. It's as though they know your address, they know your zip code. As you go through one, then comes another. And when you think you've had just enough, another come and they, they just keep coming. If you were just to think about your life right now, you'd agree with me that it's one of three things. It's either you've just dealt with an issue, or you're presently going through one, or by the church, time church is done or you get to the job on Monday, you will be faced with an issue. And just by chance you think that you are the only person to deal with issues in life, here we have today the sermon will focus on a woman who also had to go through her issue. The Bible said that for 12 long years, this woman was sick. And when you look at the wider context of the passage, you discover that Jesus was actually on his way to the house of Jairus. And Jairus' daughter, who was sick, was 12 years old. So in other words, when you put both stories together, the woman was sick as long as Jairus' daughter was, since Jairus' daughter was born, for 12 long years. 
Now, what do you do when you are sick for 12 long years and you've tried everything and everything fails? There is no semen cure available for you. This woman, the Bible tells us, had an illness which was a hemorrhaging problem where blood would just ooze from her body. She wasn't able to control it. And going through this condition for 12 long years, it affected every fiber of her life. To begin, this woman was in a desperate condition. So desperate that this illness affected her physically. Just by looking at her, you could see the changes in her body physique. Because for 12 long years, she has been sick, losing blood. She must have looked anemic at some point in time in her life. Just by looking at her, you could tell something's wrong with her. But not just that. This woman was also emotionally affected by virtue of this illness that she had. So much so that by virtue of the hemorrhaging problem, she was considered unclean. So anyone that she touched became unclean. So you can just imagine that her family members started to keep their distance from her in an effort to keep themselves ceremonially clean. Her friends who'd once see her and hug her and embrace her, when they see her come in, just to ensure that there is no embrace, they might have crossed over to the other side and said, hey, how are you doing? I'm praying for you. And they're gone on their way. She was a social outcast, as it were. This illness that the woman had, by virtue of her desperate condition, she was also a spiritual outcast. You would agree with me that if you are sick, the first place you'd want to go is church. Where you have a group of people who gather around you and pray for you. But this woman, because of her illness, she wasn't allowed to go into the house of the Lord where she should have found strength and a source of comfort. So spiritually, she was affected socially, emotionally, and physically, and not just that, but psychologically she was affected. Just imagine just being in a world all by yourself. Where nobody interacts with your mental health was an issue that she was also struggling with. And I'm so happy that as a church, we have become more vocal on this issue of mental health. Where we just don't believe that if we get in a little room with someone who has these issues and we pray for them that they'll be all right, but we're also channeling them to get the appropriate treatment. I'm happy for the stigmas that are being broken where that's concerned. But this woman, she, all aspects of her life was adversely affected. In addition to that, when you read the Bible, it goes on to say that this woman had spent all that she had... And didn't get better. The doctors would have her, as they see her coming, I'm sure they were conjuring up a remedy. This is what I'll have her try this time around. She went to them over and over, trying to get help. They would take her money, but they still weren't able to help her. It had gotten to the point, the Bible says, that she had no money left. Now, 
as I looked at the Talmud and the various things that were recommended, here goes an absurd remedy that, that I'm sure she had to try. They would tell her that well, for your problem, what will fix your problem is that you need to dig seven trenches. And then you need to get fresh vine. And what you're going to do is put some of these vines in each of those seven trenches. You'll start from trench number one. You'll stand over it. And someone will come from behind and frighten you and say to you, be healed of your flocks. Now, if that doesn't work, you move to trench number two. You do the same thing. If that doesn't work, trench number three and go all the way down. Another one says, you need to walk with an ostrich egg and you need to put a a wine of glass in your hand. And someone will come behind and you stand in the center of the square in the city. And someone will come and frighten you and say to you, be healed of your flocks. These were absurd things that this woman had tried. And they never worked. Now all her money was done, so by virtue of her illness, she was now financially affected. One illness wipes out her entire financial resources and affected all aspects of her life negatively. We need to understand today that if you are like this woman and you are wrestling with an issue and you find yourself in a desperate position or a desperate condition where you feel disadvantaged and disregarded, discontented and disdained, where you feel disgraced and disliked, dismayed and discouraged, I say to you that Jesus provides the hope that you stand in need of. This woman, firstly, was in a desperate condition. But what I'm happy for is that she didn't remain in that desperate condition and throw her hands in the air and gave up all hope. But the Bible said that along with her desperate condition, she had a determined conviction. The Bible tells us that this woman at some point in time heard about Jesus. Now in order for her to have heard about Jesus, someone must have told her about Jesus. Now we live in an age where many people are saying that sharing your faith is something that is a thing of the past. But the truth of the matter is that in the time that we live, the great commission should never become the great omission. We ought to be a going church for a coming Lord who will take the good news of salvation to others out there in the world who are wrestling and grappling with the issues of life. So this woman, she hears about Jesus. And the Bible said that she decided that no matter what happens, I must have an encounter with him. Now when you read the Desire of Ages... Lest you think this was the first time that the woman tried to have this encounter with Jesus. Ellen White tells us that she had tried at least two other occasions. The first one was when Jesus had just come back from Gergesenes, that region where he did ministry. He was now on the shores of Capernaum and she heard that Jesus was there. She showed up and she tried to have that encounter with Jesus, but she failed in the first instance. The second one was when she heard that Jesus would then be on his way to Levi Matthew's house, where later Jairus would find Jesus. And she tries a second time and she fails. 
And this third opportunity that presents itself, she said to herself, this is going to probably be the last opportunity I'll have. And no matter what, I will not give up. The woman wasn't like some of us. And I say us, including myself, because at times I feel that if I've tried one, two, three times, then it's time for me to throw in the towel to give up and move on to the next thing. But this woman, she didn't give up her hope. She was adamant by virtue of her determined conviction that she was going to try until she had that encounter with Jesus. And when you read further in the Desire of Ages, Sister White goes on to say that Jesus was actually moving away from her as she was trying to get in touch, trying to get close enough to put, pull her way through the crowd to get to Jesus. And then all of a sudden, Jesus starts to move in her direction. We need to recognize that when we are struggling with our issues, that it's not we who find Jesus, but it's Jesus who always finds us. It's for this reason that Jesus says, I will never leave you nor forsake you. It is for this reason that Jesus goes on to say that even though you walk through the valley of the shadow of death, that he is still with you in good times and in bad times, regardless of your issues, it's always Jesus who finds us. In getting to Jesus, it wasn't easy. There were a large number of hurdles and a large number of barriers for this woman. But this woman in her determined conviction said, regardless of the crowd, regardless of what others will say about me, when she left home, she probably left home in her last clean dress. And she said, yes, I'm going to go. By the time I get there, I know that blood will be on my dress and people will have negative things to say about me. But regardless of whatever they want to say or how they want to treat me, she, in her determined conviction, said, I am going and I'm going to try to have Jesus heal me. This woman was like an old mule in this story. Story is told of a farmer who had an old mule. And one day while the mule was out there grazing, it somehow fell in an old abandoned well. So the farmer said to himself, the mule is old. Sooner or later, I'd have to put it down. The well is already abandoned. So if it's already in it, it's actually helping me, making my life easier. So let me call my friends over and I'll bury the mule and put it out of its misery. So he called his friends over, and they decided that they were going to just fill the, earth, the, 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 the abundant well in with earth. So they started the process. So they started to fork the, the fork full of earth and, and shovel full of earth, and they would just start to throw it into the well on the abundant old mule. And while they were going through this process, the mule said to itself, if each time a load of earth were to fall on my back, I would simply shake it off and step up and trample it beneath my feet, then all of a sudden I might very well be able to walk out of this abandoned well freely. So, as the guys were out there shoveling the earth and throwing it in on the mule, the mule was just shaking it off 
and he was stepping up. They kept throwing it, throwing it. He shook it off and he kept stepping up until finally to their amazement, he walked out of the abandoned well free. What's the moral of the story? How is it connected to the message? The truth is that when you grapple with your issues in coming to Jesus, you will have many obstacles. The devil will throw additional issues on you when you're trying to deal with one issue, but through the power of Jesus, like this old mule, what you need to do is to shake it off and step up. So when challenges come, when financial problems come, because you are getting to Jesus, whatever burdens the devil throws on you, you're going to simply shake it off and you're going to step up until you have that encounter with Jesus. You have to have a determined conviction. This afternoon, therefore, whatever your issues are, whatever your problems are, I submit to you to try Jesus. Try Jesus when your parents have abandoned you. Try Jesus when you want to break from an addiction. Try Jesus when your spouse is giving you problems. Try Jesus when the kids are acting up. Try Jesus when your friends are nowhere to be found. Try Jesus when you can't find the money to pay for the bills. Try Jesus when you're having that problem with that course. Try Jesus when you're having whatever issue in your life. Because the truth of the matter is that Jesus is still the answer. So this woman, firstly, had a desperate condition. But secondly... She had a determined conviction. And that desperate condition plus that determined conviction actually resulted in a divine cure. Journey with me. The Bible says that this woman, when Jesus moved in her direction, she said, this might very well be the only time that Jesus will get this close to me with this large crowd. So just imagine with me as she must drop enough faith to reach out and to touch the hem of Jesus' garment. Now Jesus would later on say, who touched me? And the disciples would say, I, I don't understand you, Jesus. You're in a crowd. Then naturally people are going to brush up on you. So uh, why, why would you even entertain the thought as to who touched me? I wouldn't be surprised if Peter were the one who said it. But this touch is something that sometimes we pass over and we never spend enough time to look at it. So let's look at it a little bit more in today's message. The the Bible tells us that in the Jewish system, according to Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 40, Numbers chapter 15, verses 37 through 40, it tells us that when the Jews were actually designing their apparel, that at the end of it, they were supposed to have what is called some blue fringes. Now, these blue fringes was actually a representation of their faith. They are saying, this is a testament of my faith in keeping my father's commandments. So in other words, because Jesus himself was a Jew, 
It comes as no surprise that he, on his garment, would also have those blue fringes, which would be a testament of his faith in keeping his father's commandment. And you constantly hear Jesus say, whatever my fathers asked me to do, that I have done, or that I will do. So in other words, when this woman reaches out by faith, symbolically, she touches the hem of Jesus' garment, which was a representation of his faith. And so what we have here is human faith colliding with divine faith. And as a result of that, there was a divine cure. There was a transformation. And Jesus recognized that something out of the ordinary occurred. Mark says immediately, instantaneously, she was made whole. And in the moment, just as it happened. This woman experienced power from Jesus, healing power. And we also need to recognize that today, that same power is still available to us today. So you may feel depressed and forsaken. You may feel deserted and frustrated. You may feel bruised and battered by the issues that you're going through. Destitute and weak. You may feel sick and hopeless. You may feel helpless and heavy laden. But I say to you, what you need to do is to touch Jesus and feel the power. You see, Jesus' power supply is not like that of Indiana Michiana power. It cannot be turned off. It cannot be interrupted. It, there is no load shedding. It can, you and I need to understand that no tornado or thunderstorm will disturb Jesus' power supply. It is so powerful that its effects are far-reaching. You need to re- understand that regardless of your issues, you can't be too high that it cannot reach you. You can't be so low that God's power is not able to lift you up. And you can't be so big that it's not able to enfold you. You and I need to remember today that Jesus' power that he provides for you is a life-changing, life-transforming power. The power that Jesus provides is a power to approach the unapproachable, power to perceive the unperceivable, power to think the unthinkable, and power to experience that which individuals think is beyond your reach of experiencing. Jesus says, I stand today with that power available for you. The story climaxes with Jesus saying to this woman, your faith has made you whole. Go in peace and be healed of your plague. But there is something else that we can't afford to miss because when Jesus heals, Jesus heals holistically. He doesn't fix one thing and then as you journey later on, he discovers that, oh, I missed that one, so he comes back to fix it. He fixes everything in one go. And let's look at how Jesus does this. In verse 25 of Mark chapter 5, when the story is introduced, it said, a woman, nameless. This woman was identified by her condition. And that's a serious problem when the only way people can identify you is by virtue of what's wrong with you. But when we get to verse 34, Jesus doesn't say woman. 
Jesus actually says, daughter, your faith has made you well. Now, when, when you look at the, seri- the series of events and how the illness had affected this woman's life, you discover why Jesus called her daughter. Jesus was adding back to her the personhood that she had lost for 12 long years of having gone through this illness. Jesus healed her physically. That was obvious. There was no more blood oozing from her body. Everybody who had known her would have recognized that she was healed physically. He also healed her psychologically. Those sleepless nights that she would have had. Because of all the negative things that people had said about her, her mental health, Jesus restored it and restored it perfectly. Socially, by virtue of stopping and talking with her and having a conversation with her, this woman felt that she was valued and she was appreciated once more. It's so much so that the Bible said that Jesus allowed her to take all the time that she needed to tell him the entire story. And if you've not experienced it yet, sometimes that can take hours. But Jesus didn't rush her. Jesus actually gave her undivided, gave gave her his undivided attention and said, tell me the whole story. Socially, she felt accepted. And uh, she was also healed spiritually because the interesting thing is that the same word in Greek, which means save, actually means to make whole or to heal completely. So when Jesus says to her, you are saved, you are made whole, he was basically saying to her, physically, mentally, spiritually, socially, think about it, even sexually too, if she were married. Jesus completely heals this woman. The truth of the matter is, as I bring the message to a close today, is that the same thing that Jesus did for this woman is the same thing he wants to do for us today. So the question is, what is your issue? What is it that you're struggling with? You've tried everything and everything has failed, then why not try Jesus? Why not say to yourself, yes, I know I have a desperate condition, but I still yet have a determined conviction, and by virtue of that, I know that if I have an encounter with Jesus, I will get a divine cure. Well, today, his divine cure is available to us. Jesus' divine cure is not like some of the medications that I see advertised on TV. For example, lyrical. I'll just pull one example. And it tells you what it's good for, but then in that same advertisement, it tells you a long list of things that it might result in. So in other words, the side effects outweigh the benefits. That's not with the the healing power that Jesus provides for us. Today, Jesus is saying that despite your issue, he's still the answer. He's saying to us today that regardless of what you're going through, if you give me an A, I'm still the abiding vine. You give me a B, Jesus says, I'm still the bridegroom, and C, I'm still the creator. D, he's still the deity, and E, Jesus is still our everlasting life. Regardless of your issues, if you're giving me an F, he'll tell you, I'm the faithful friend. G, I'm your good shepherd, and H, I'm still your hiding place. I, Jesus is saying to us, he's still the image of the invisible God, and J, he's your joy unspeakable. K, Jesus says, despite your issues, I'm still the king of kings, and L, I'm still the lord of lords. M, I'm still your merciful mediator, and N, I'll be your never-ending love. 
Oh, he's still the omnipotent one. And P, he's still the prince of peace. Jesus says, despite your issues, if you give me a cue, I'll tell you I'm still the quieter of all your fears. R, he's still the rock of our salvation. And S, he's still the sacrificial lamb. Jesus says, despite your issues, if you give me a T, I'll tell you I'm still the truth. And U, I'm your unending love. V, I'm the victorious warrior. W, I'm still the word of life. And X, drop the E, he said, I'm still the exalted name above all names. Y, he's your only hope. And Z, he is still Zion's Messiah. Jesus says, whatever you're going through, I am still the answer. So what are you going through today? Jesus says, just state it, I'll fill in the blanks, and I'll tell you what I am for you today. As you contemplate this message, Jesus is saying, your situation that you're going through, your desperate condition, plus your determined conviction will result in a divine cure. Jesus says to us today, I stand with my arms open wide. What is your issue? Take it to me at the foot of the cross. Lay that burden down. And he says, I will fix the problem. I will grant you deliverance. I will declare you saved. I'll declare you healed. I'll declare you as having been made whole. All he wants us to do is to reach out by faith. The bulletin that you received today, attached to it is a connect card. I want you to spend, take some time quickly and to take it out. There are three responses there after you fill in the, uh, the necessary information. With regards to today's message, the first one, it says, I want to experience the holistic healing that Jesus provides. If that's your decision, then take that. Secondly, I desire to have a closer walk with Jesus. That encounter with Christ, if that's your decision, then also take that. And thirdly, I want to surrender my life fully to Jesus and to be baptized. If that's where you're at, then also take that. These decisions are one that will last for time and for eternity. As the offering is collected, I'm going to ask you to place these connect cards in the offering plate and we'll collect them and we will be in dialogue with you um, following the decisions that you've indicated on this card. As you battle with your issues, you may think you're in a desperate condition, but just remember, don't give up hope. Have that determined conviction and that will equal our result into a divine cure. God bless you.